back to the Calorie Deficit University podcast. My name is Alexis. I am the show's host. Thank you so much for tuning in. The last couple episodes we've had have been some really awesome ones, if I do say so myself, narcissistically. Um, But today we're going to talk about, again, something surrounding um, behavior, right? Because behavior is the baseline of why we do what we do, um, why we feel stuck, or um, what can get us motivated to get uh, doing what we need to do. You know, I've talked a lot about behavior patterns on the podcast, especially um, in the past couple episodes, and I'm coming right back to it to continue talking about it. So um, getting rid of the restrictive mindset. Um, and mindset is something that is really, really important to talk about. Um, and as a whole, when we talk about our behavior, you know, really, why is it so important to talk about it? Um, we know a hundred percent that environmental and situational challenges are what keep us from finding success when it comes to long-term, healthy, sustainable fat loss. Um, and what do I mean by environmental or situational changes? Environmental is the food environment that we are around. We have unlimited um, access to high-calorie, um, ultra-processed, ultra-palatable foods um, at you know fingers' touch. Right, affordable can be literally driven to us if we don't want to go get it. Situational challenges we've had a literal worldwide panorama, um, and we have had a lot of bad things happen. Um, loss. We have, um, a lot of people struggling with their finances. There are a lot of things going on. Um, people have to deal with a lot of human shit and those situational challenges can really hold you back from finding the success that you're looking for when it comes to your health and wellness. So, one of those behavior patterns that I commonly see when it comes to trying to lose fat, uh, putting in the effort, putting in the work, and and where it can really hinder you is over-restriction and kind of the mindset around restriction and that big R word, restriction as a whole. So this, this restriction can take many different types of forms, um, and I see it happen in many different ways with many different clients coming from many different walks of life. So uh, let's break it down and get to it. So um, I've talked uh, in previous episodes about um, obesity behavior, which there's this generic baseline um, that can be identified um, in most people who struggle with obesity, whether they don't have, like whether or not they have um, pre-existing conditions, uh, medical conditions that have put them at a higher risk or um, rate to become obese, they still have these baseline um, behavior qualities that we, we've talked about this before on the podcast, you know, the yellow food diet growing up, maybe growing up in trauma, um, having a single parent, all uh, having a parent that is obese themselves, all those things um, can contribute to really messing up your behavioral baseline for health and wellness, for what you eat, how you move your body, um, and different things. And that's where truly like as a, as a personal trainer, all those things, um, having immense empathy and educating yourself comes in about 
obesity being complex, uh, being overweight is complex, having excess body fat is really complex. And it's at the end of the day, yes, thermodynamics, you need to eat less and move more, but there are nuances within that. And so this restrictive behavior pattern is part of that nuance. Um, so hopefully as we continue to dissect it, you can maybe reflect a little bit and see if this is something um, ultimately that you can relate to as well. So what I see as that um, kind of like obesity baseline behavior is they skip breakfast um, or maybe they have a coffee instead of breakfast um, or the flip side is they go through a drive through every single day or um, maybe they get a Starbucks every single day. And the mindset going into both of those things are very similar, ironically. So skipping breakfast usually comes from a restrictive uh, starvation binge eating cycle and eating behavior. So usually what we see is somebody doesn't eat all day long and then they binge in the night. So they wake up not really hungry because they had 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 calories before they went to bed. So when they wake up, they're not hungry, but they feel like they didn't really eat a lot the day before because they starve themselves for the majority of the day. Um, and what I mean by starve yourself is that you restrict food um, instead of eating because you're hungry or even eating when you're not hungry, um, but you know you need to eat to fuel yourself and hunger is not always um, the immediate sign that you need sustenance. So um, the, the thing that I see there is skipping breakfast, maybe having a small breakfast or coffee is an appetite suppressant. It's all behavior of over-restriction right? Because in the back of your mind, you're doing that because you have some type of goal, um, health, wellness, fitness, fat loss, whatever it might be, you're acting on a certain type of behavior uh, to try and get you to achieve something, but it's fucking you up all, all, all along the way. So in the other situations of maybe they go through a drive-through um, every single day, maybe they're just not aware um, you're just not aware of the calories that you're eating when you go through the drive through every day, or um, maybe you are aware, but you're in one of those situational challenges like I talked about, and um, you are having a hard time preparing meals for yourself. You're maybe depressed, um, and it's just something that's easier to you and has become a new baseline of um, your pattern of behavior. Um Largely, the third option that I see is getting a Starbucks and a breakfast sandwich and thinking that it is a very light breakfast when in reality, it's probably somewhere around 500 to 1,000 calories, which is a massive, massive breakfast. But it's low volume and it doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it or fiber or protein. So you end up feeling really tired and uh, hungry. Um, so all of that combined sets you up for failure and not success as your behavior of eating throughout the day. Um, specifically, I see the number one option, probably I, I think the most people skip meals or skip breakfast or think if I have a small breakfast or I quote unquote fast, that that is going to get me the result that I want, but they end up being much hungrier and feel like they are in this ex excessive restriction. So then when they don't see... Um, the scale go down or they don't see a change in their body fat, 
they say, fuck this calorie deficit doesn't work, which it's just not true. You're just not optimizing the food that you're eating and you're putting yourself in a place where you're going to binge eat. Um, so that's where that starve or, uh, starve binge, you know, restrict binge doesn't work and isn't going to bring you the success, um, that you need, you know, having a very small, like breakfast or like maybe you skip breakfast, having a very small lunch or eating like one single fruit cup for breakfast, all of those things, um, are not optimal for fat loss or health. You know, you need fiber, you need sustenance, you need fruits and vegetables and protein. Um, you know, if you wait your entire day to have one big massive dinner or one meal, you are going to binge um, because you didn't eat all day. So you're so hungry, you can't stop eating. Um, and then you go for a sleeve of Oreos or you go for a whole bag of chips or something like that. And then you wonder why you can't lose weight um, because you feel like you didn't really eat that much for the day, but you you did. Um, and so, yes, we've got a lot of little juggling like balls here, um, for this pattern of behavior with eating. So this ultra restriction as a mindset, we've talked about too, not optimizing your eating, not eating enough fiber or protein. Um, so you're not eating enough volume to actually fill yourself up, um, and feel full throughout the day. But then you also lack the understanding for calorie science, um, nutrition science. So you don't really know the value or, or the quantity of the food that you're eating, which are all things that will set you back when it comes to adjusting your food environment for fat loss success long-term, because that's, that's the only way to get there is to change the entirety of your food environment so that you can have that success. Um, which that is very hard to do when you have Uber eats downloaded on your phone and you buy snacks that, you know, you're going to binge and you set yourself up for failure by only having a coffee for breakfast in the morning. When you know that you're going to be starving at eight o'clock at night, when the entire house is finally silent. Um, you know, there has been this really annoying and weird over the top hate towards, um, counting calories and, and weighing food. And while I can understand, uh, a lot of that, um, and where that kind of, um, topic is coming from, I personally think that, um, a majority of people don't like to weigh their food or count their calories because it makes them take accountability um, and comes to term with how much they eat. Um, because it's it's a lot. If you are 100 pounds overweight with body fat, you have to eat a lot of food to maintain that body. Um, and that is just the reality of it. And when you track your food, you become acutely aware of just why you are the way you are and what you're eating. And that shit is hard. (laughs) I mean, accountability, no, no, uh, we don't like that. Um, accountability is fucking miserable. If some of you actually knew how long you looked at your phone all day, you would vomit and be disgusted with yourself. Um, if some of you knew, 
you know, could see all of the food or it, I know those videos for like shock value will show like all the sugar that this per or all the cheese sticks that this person has been eating. Yeah. Like some of you would be really, really disgusted and shocked with yourself. Um, and I think that is more why people are anti-tracking and that very, there's a very small percent of the population that actually struggle, um, with, mental illness and anorexia and that those types of things really affect them. Um, and so I think it's really like, um, I don't know the word, but to say that tracking your food triggers you, um, when it really doesn't is taking away from people who are actually triggered by tracking their food. Um, and actually like psychologically struggle with that and need help. I think that's really gross and disgusting that you would try and claim that when that's not your own disability, but you don't want to track your food because it sucks to hold yourself accountable. And you think that is what being triggered is. Um, no, that's just not true. Um, a lot of people make the, these claims and yeah, I, I, I would really say that you're not. Um, and again, I have deep empathy for the people who are actually triggered. Um, but I think most people are lazy. Most people are acutely unaware of their food environment and food science. Um, and that's not to say that it's their fault. Um, but they certainly don't try to do anything about it. It, it and there are both sides of the aisle. So again, like I come at this with a very empathetic approach because unfortunately I've seen both sides of the aisle. I have had both people who are incredibly motivated, who think that they're doing everything right, but they were just missing something in their food environment. They're missing, um, you know, the sauces that they're not tracking or they're, they're overestimating their, um, their daily movement. Like those are all very understandable, simple things. But then there are, there are people out there who they know exactly what they need to do, but they just don't do it because they don't really want to change. Um, because it is easy and comfortable to be complacent in that environment and change is really fucking hard and uncomfortable. Um, so there are areas for both and acceptance for both. Um, but I would say, that if you think you are triggered by tracking your food, then you need to seek therapeutic help because that is a really deep issue. But if you don't like tracking your food because it makes you accountable to what you're eating, that's just called being fucking human. <laughs> um, so don't take away that experience. Um, from someone who's actually really deeply struggling just because it's kind of like a scapegoat for you. And that's a firm, hard line that I, I will never come back from. Um, that's like saying, oh, like when people really joke about like, oh, I'm going to kill myself or, oh, I, I'm so depressed today or I'm anxious. I think we have to be really careful when we're claiming those things because a lot of people might experience some anxiety or stress 
or discomfort um, or have sad days, but that doesn't mean that you have uh, clinical depression or anxiety and taking away um, those resources or, um, you know, the sensitivity that we should have for those conversations and topics just because everyone is claiming it um, is really, really toxic and dangerous. So, you know, I've talked about how easy it is to overeat, how easy it is to fuck up, it, it is. It's really easy to fuck up when you don't know what you're doing. Um, and tracking is not the devil. It's not the enemy. It's a great tool to help you figure out what the fuck you're doing, what you're messing up. Um, and also being accountable to yourself of like, holy fuck, I'm, I'm eating way too much, or I'm eating not the wrong things, but not the optimal things that make me feel good and full. Um, you know, having a good plan, eat, planning out your meals, um, eating within your normal calorie range. Those are all really basic things to start that can make a dramatic difference in your health journey in your life. So along the lines with that restrictive mindset, Many, 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 many people think they are in a calorie deficit when they actually aren't. Um, because if you are in a deficit and you aren't losing or you think you're in a deficit and you aren't losing fat, the reality is you're not in a deficit. And yes, the scale lies. So we do need other data points in order to understand um, your total body composition. And if there's changes that are actually being done, especially if you're doing a a recomp, so you're not going to see the scale change when you're trying to lose fat, but also gain muscle. Um, You know, we we want to see your body change that we want to see fat come off. And that will be shown in other data points like your body measure measurements or seeing muscle definition in the mirror or your clothes fitting differently. Um, so this is where we have to address the restrictive mindset of, oh, I'm not eating all day or I don't eat Monday through Friday, but I go out on the weekends, those are all restrictive patterns of behavior and they aren't actually setting you up for success because while a calorie deficit is eating less than what you were before from a calorie perspective, it does not necessarily mean that you're eating less in a restrictive perspective. Again, it's about changing the food environment that you're in. I'm sure you've seen lots of videos before about the amount of calories you could eat for a pound of strawberries versus a pound of chocolate. You can eat more volume, more food as a whole, but still be eating less calories than you were before by just changing your food environment, by just changing what you're consuming, what's closest to you in reach, the snacks that you have, the desserts that you have, you know, the the fruit that you have in your fridge. That is where you need to switch the flip of a calorie deficit is not a restrictive diet. It is not a restrictive mindset, but that I can include more fruits, more vegetables, more lean protein sources into my diet, more um, satiating foods like potatoes and rice rather than the other things. And it's about adding more good foods, nutrient-dense foods, filling foods, satiating foods into your diet, then about excluding the other things. And once you start to go in that direction, you'll find that you feel a lot better. 
you find that your brain starts to catch up um, and you're not living in that mindset of constantly feeling like you're over restricting your food intake and you think that you're constantly dieting and putting yourself through hell for absolutely nothing because you're doing a cycle of restrict and binge and restrict and binge. Um, so let's break down the, what I'm going to say, like are the different types of restrictive mindsets that people get really caught up in. Um, so hopefully this resonates with you and you can identify like, Oh, like I do that. Um, and we'll talk about the solutions to, to that behavior as well. So the first one is eating as little calories as possible. Um, what does this look like day to day? I have seen it all folks. Um, you know, I don't like when people, especially online say, Oh, 1200 calories a day are the calorie amounts for a toddler. So like that's toxic. You shouldn't be eating that. Well, have you ever met someone who is literally five feet tall and sedentary and a woman? Yeah, they're going to be eating 1200 calories a day. If you are completely sedentary, have no muscle at all whatsoever, you're a woman, you're older, you're, you're just not going to get to eat as many calories because you don't need any. So I think labeling calories for certain people is toxic and eating as little as possible is also toxic. I have seen it again, like I said, I've seen it all, um, where I'll give someone a calorie range and say, hey, like this is the range that you need to stick to, you know, to see, get to your goals, whatever, whatever, whatever. And they'll say, great, I've been eating under that all week long. And then, and I'll be like, oh, okay, why? Well, I'm just trying to, you know, be as good as possible. I'm like, okay, guess what? Next week you're going to be starving. And they're like, no, no, I wasn't hungry at all this week. Like I ate really well, stayed under my calories. Um, you know, I wasn't able to hit my protein mark, but like that, that's okay because I lost weight this week and I stayed under calories and I feel fine. Never ever fails. Sorry. You can hear the military planes going over. I'm sure on the podcast episode, love living near an airport. Um, okay. Then what will happen is the next week you'll be literally starving and ravenous and bingy. Stop trying to eat as little calories as possible and start by eating a calorie range that is the most sustainable and manageable for you and your lifestyle. You can lose weight slowly and still get to your goal. People really want to like eat as little as possible, get to their get get their weight loss goal as soon as possible, as quickly as possible. When people would be much better off starting out with maybe maintenance calories or a little bit higher calories than they want to eat and see a slower, steadier, long-term weight loss than crash dieting. And that's just the truth. And it's a hard one. But if your coach gives you a calorie range, don't eat under it because you want to fat make it faster. Your coach is giving you a calorie range because they have a certain timeline in mind and they know behaviorally what you can uh, maintain and what you can't based on your activity and your biofeedback. Like coaches aren't stupid. They're not trying to withhold uh, how quickly you're going to lose weight so that they can get more time out of you. Like that's, 
it's actually counterintuitive because then you'll just be pissed off because you'll binge and never lose the weight. Another restrictive mindset is thinking that you can't eat anything bad. The good versus the bad food trope. Um, We've talked about this on the podcast before. There are no good foods or bad foods. um, And labeling foods like that is only going to lead you down a really bad rabbit hole. Um, And again, there are two sides to that nuanced coin. You've got, yes, there are no good foods, bad foods coin. Um, Don't label foods that, you know, are going to make you have a toxic outlook on food um, because a bagel is a bagel, pizza is pizza. It's the same calorie um, value to celery or apples, um, just has a different optimization and utilization in your body and your behavior and your hunger. The other side of the nuanced flipped coin is too much flexibility and variation behaviorally in your environment can lead you down a spiral. Um, you know, you you don't want to eat 1500 calories of uh, pasta every day because as all of your food, because you're going to end up fucking hungry. Like that just can't be that flexible. But having an Oreo at the end of the day is not going to kill you or derail your goals. Another restrictive mindset is something that's like weird and trending, which I don't think anyone's actually adhering to is the hypervigilant restriction. So um, people who aren't eating seed oils, you know, they're saying, oh, I can't have chips or dairy, even like veganism, I think is a hypervigilant restriction that ends badly or eating only fruit. Like people are like, I eat nine bananas for breakfast and a whole watermelon for lunch. Like, fuck you. Like, there's no way. I'm sorry. There's no way that you you love that and there's no way that you feel good and your poops are probably liquid lava fire. Um, that's insane. Like there's just no way. And you f- probably have a headache from all the fucking sugar that you're consuming with all that fruit, which again, like fruit isn't bad because it, it's fruit. It's good for you. But yeah, it does have sugar in it. Um, just like candy. But anyway, I just find these, there's like this guy who's affiliated with Liver King, even Liver King himself being like, I only eat liver and butter and keto and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, if you eliminate whole food groups from your diet, you're going to fail. And that's just, there's nothing wrong with seed oils. Now, are they something that you should eat all the time and should prioritize? No, you shouldn't. Should you eat chips every single meal? Probably not. Um, If dairy bothers you, should you eat it? Well, if it upsets your stomach, no. (laughs) Um, There's a logical approach to have when it comes to these foods. Should you measure out your cooking oils while you're cooking? Abso-fucking-lutely. Because too much omegas is inflammatory. Okay, but fats are good for you. Another ringer is this whole fasting, like again, like cutting out food groups, cutting out meal timing or whatever. I just don't love it because again, it's an example of restriction. Um, You already fast when you sleep. You're not eating in your sleep. So there's no need to intentionally fast unless it's spiritual, religious, or something like that. Um, Otherwise, just saying I'm not going to eat because I want to lose weight is really restrictive and you'll end up binging anyway. 
but I totally get like the religious aspect of it or spiritual aspect of it as well. Um, I also get it from a discipline aspect. I used to, um, practice fasting to get more like mind power. That probably sounds so fucking cringe, but personally for me, I had a food addiction. And so practicing some discipline of fasting for not to restrict food, um, to lose weight, but to just personally say, Alexis, like you need to fucking do a plate push and push the plate away from you, um, really helped me overcome, um, my mind and, and my body. So I get all of those things, but fasting is a way to like lose weight because, oh, if I don't eat, if I can only eat one meal a day or I can only eat from 12 to three, then I'll find success. No, you're going to binge eventually. Just, it always happens is what it is. Um, the other trend that I see that's really gross and restrictive is like the eating health foods trend. Like we've got like chia seed pudding and the RX bars and the bloom greens, never getting sponsorship from them. Um, (laughs) which is why I don't run ads or do sponsorships because there's not a lot of people I do sponsorships with anyway, but all those fucking greens powder and shit. Listen, it's bullshit. Like eat food. I'm sorry, but people will buy these fucking greens and they'll be like, oh, getting my greens in for the day. You really fucking think that you're getting your entire greens in for the day, for the whole fucking day in a tablespoon of greens, a tablespoon of green powder. No, you're, you're not like it's, it's marketed bullshit marketed expensive bullshit and also greens are the least uh regulated ingredients uh mixture on the market and usually it's just fucking wheatgrass it's literally grass ground up and powdered um it tastes like shit and it's just pseudoscience and also like the ingredients are not high-end at all at all Like greens are known for being like the cheap, easy, scammy way to make a lot of money. So yeah, eating health foods. And why do I think that's a restrictive mindset? Because you're literally like you're, you're thinking like with the RX bar, oh, I'm going to eat this instead of a candy bar. No, the candy bar tastes better. Probably has better macros too. Like I say, oh, I'm going to have a protein smoothie, even though I fucking hate it. It's gross and it's chalky. It's like, uh, you're restricting yourself. You're forcing yourself to eat things that you don't actually like. Um, and it's going to end badly. Um, other mindset, we talked about uh, eating restrictively all week long um, and then binging on the weekends. That's a really common one. People are like, well, it was good all week long. So got to finish out the weekend with a party or this or a date or that. Um, you know, if you, you do that every single Saturday and Sunday, you're actually only, um, 57% of the time being on track. That's not even a C. It's not even like a pass. That's an F. A fail. So no wonder you're not reaching your goals. Think about in addition to that, if every single weekend you're off of eating in your deficit or, you know, getting your goals, um, and then every holiday, every birthday, every anniversary, you're not even 50% of the time on the whole year. F. 
another restrictive um, topic is eating restrictively, but binge drinking alcohol. You know, I talk a lot about alcohol on this podcast, and while your girl does love wine for its beauty, for its process, for its design, um, how it's made, all of the things, um, it's not good for you. You know, we it's a carcin um, it's a carcinogen causes cancer. We know this. Um, you know, we've got more studies linking it to colon cancer specifically. Um, in Canada now, they only recommend one drink a week, um, which is insane compared to the States and what we've traditionally recommended. Um, a lot of people will be like, I don't, you know, especially like some of the moms culturally in America will be like, you know, I don't, uh, I eat almonds, I eat a toast, like I don't eat anything all day. And they're like, why do I look like shit? I feel like shit. I don't lose any weight. It's like, oh, well, tell me about your drinking behavior. Well, I have at least a bottle of wine a night. Well, that'll do ya. One traditional glass of wine is about 150 calories. And most people pour themselves a double portion. So you got 300 calories, uh, uh, an American glass. That's a whole ass snack. And some for some people, a whole ass meal. So, you know, the result of all of these, all of this like over restriction um, does lead to some type of binge eating behavior. Um, you know, un- even the underdoing the calorie deficit ultimately not making you in a deficit because you end up eating more um, is the problem because it gives you this baseline of I'm in a deficit and this isn't working. And so if you constantly tell yourself that and your brain that of you're putting in all this fucking work, but it's not doing shit, you're never going to get out of that hole that you just keep digging yourself and burying yourself in, you know, this thinking you're in a deficit and doing all of that fucking hard work for you to actually not be in a deficit. That is a restrictive mindset because it's just a mindset. You're not actually in a deficit. That's all. You're in this restrictive mindset, not a calorie deficit. And so you got to wrap, like get that shit on lock, be accountable with yourself And stop thinking that you're putting in all this hard work for you to only undo it. Because you, you are the enemy. The food isn't the enemy. The scale isn't the enemy. The diet isn't the enemy. You, you're the one doing it to yourself. Because you obviously, if you are putting in the hard work, you know what needs to be done. But you're either trying to push it too hard or you're not willing to be patient enough. And then you start the cycle all over again. So then you feel guilty because you binged. So then you go starve and then you do it again. So take a breath, have some accountability and you'll be fine. So this is why most people think 
that they have been dieting their whole life. You know, the the almond mom who's really actually has high body fat percentage and is just skinny fat. Um, you know, the people, oh, I've been in a diet for three years or I've been dieting my whole life and none of it fucking works. Um, that this is you, the restrictive mindset. That is why, that is why you feel that way. You cannot outsmart the laws of thermodynamics, period. Um, but like I said, this is where the nuances come in, behavioral, environmental, and situational changes. So those are the big three that I want to really break down so that, okay, now we've addressed what you do. I want you to understand why you do it and how you can overcome it. Because what would that be? That would just be so fucking mean and evil of me to not give you all the tools that you need to succeed. So here we go. Behavioral. You know, whether your eating behavior is learned or forced, like maybe you learned growing up or you're in a bad situation um, or, you know, you're in a sousal situation, whatever. Um, Addressing your behavior is one of the hardest because it feels the most outside of your control. Um, And while it feels like it's outside of your control, because you don't usually notice it, you don't, you're acutely aware of your behavior, it is important to recognize that now you are an adult and it's your responsibility to take accountability for your behavior and to be aware of it. Um, This is a big one, a biggie big one. Um, You know, maybe you were raised with a certain type of eating, eating behavior, like I've talked about the yellow foods diet that leads you to be more inclined to overeating. Like I've said before, this is a very common in generational households of obesity in America um, and specifically in lower income households. Why? Um, Like we said, lack of food education and the highly palatable foods that are marketed to be cheaper, but in the long run are not. Um, Food is also very comforting. And when you are tired and stressed from trying to work to pay your bills and constantly feel underwater, Um, Takeout food, delivered food is marketed as a much more convenient way to eat when you are tired from a day of working very hard in what is now a double income household or even triple if a child is working um, in poverty trying to get out of your situation or trying to survive in your situation. Um, And this is the reality that many people face. Many people do not make a lot of money um, and they are tired. you know, they are very bogged down by the system. And that is a very challenging cycle to overcome. But by addressing your personal choices and your personal patterns of behavior, you can start to at least feel better about your health, about your fat loss, um, you know, and hopefully preventing disease that will ultimately be even more expensive than trying to eat healthier and pay attention to your health. So we also have that eating behavior like we talked about earlier, um, starving all day as punishment to only binge in the night. This is again, another pattern of behavior of toxic restriction that, that isn't going to set you up for success that you have to address for some people. That's addressing things in therapy of why do they binge? Are they stressed? Is there something wrong? Is there depression going on? Um, Other things like that. Um, But the real solution to 
all of these different behavioral patterns that we could discuss and go over is taking serious inventory. Um, a calorie deficit does not work um, when people give up. <laughs> um, you know, a calorie deficit only works when you actually dig in and are honest and make a good plan for yourself. So the most success that I see are people who give up the idea that they're going to see immediate change. Um, you just got to give it up. You spent your entire life building patterns of behavior um, and gaining weight. It's going to take the entire lifetime to undo all of those patterns of behavior and live a really happy, healthy life. Um, you know, the reality is most people who have um, behavioral problems around food need to start at ground zero. You know, you need to start just by by tracking what you're already eating um, and taking accountability for the way that you're already living um, before you even try to eat in a deficit. Like that's that's hard in itself, like to track what you're already eating and to hold yourself accountable for what you're already consuming. Um, you know, cause most people don't want to take accountability for what they're eating. Um, you know, most people live in a perpetual state of guilt or struggle or shame. Um, and they feel guilty about every little thing that they've done that they have deemed as a misstep because of how they've decided to interact with the society around them. Um, because confidence is a very hard thing. Accountability is a very hard thing. Um, in reality, most of us need to take a step back, breathe, and focus on the food that we're eating, uh, take an inventory, pay detailed attention to what we have access to, um, and then start the process of changing our behavior a little bit at a time. Um, but to get out of this cycle is very, very hard. Um and most people will, when they're taking inventory, will be like, wow, I'm really fucking horrible to myself. I didn't feed myself breakfast. I skipped lunch because I was busy. No wonder I'm hungry at night every single night and binge and eat. I don't take time for myself in the evenings. I sit and I binge TikTok or, you know, reality TV shows and I fall asleep in the recliner chair and I don't go outside, I get now why I feel like shit. I don't take time for me. I don't cook myself a good meal. I don't make a plan. I keep alcohol in the house when I know it's something that I struggle with. I keep food in the house that I know I'll eat the entirety of. That's the inventory. That's the data to take into account and then maybe consider a deficit, a calorie deficit. Once all of that is identified and addressed and have, has real solutions to those behavioral problems, because you'll end up trading one behavior for another. That's why many people who struggle with addiction, whether it's food addiction or alcohol addiction or drug addiction, will go to another Vice, You know, people start out with pills and then they go to bigger drugs um, or they start out with alcohol and then they go to pills. 
It's because when you try really hard to give up one pattern of behavior without addressing the root cause, you'll just trade it for another. That's why a lot of people go for keto or go for Weight Watchers. It's just another toxic pattern of behavior of eating, and it doesn't give you the results that you're looking for. So the third thing is environmental. So we have these, I've talked about it a lot today on the podcast, these environmental aspects of the restrictive mindset. It's like this twofold oxymoron. It's the greatest thing in the world um, that it's, you know, in your control um, to eat, right? Like it's great that you're in control of that in this amazing food environment where we have shelf stable foods that are highly delicious and pretty affordable for the complexity that they offer in relative sense. Um, but it also is a horrible thing that is contributing to 70% of Americans being overweight, you know, convenient food here and there and everywhere. It can get delivered to your house. It's at every party, every event, your environment is filled up with highly palatable food all the time. So yes, it is out of your control completely that you are in that food environment, But on the flip side of that, it is completely in your control where you place yourself and the choices you make within that environment. You can choose not to buy those things. You can choose not to go eat out. Um, You know, you can choose to make hard choices at holidays or birthdays, um, but it is a very hard choice and you will probably be ridiculed for those choices. Um, Just like someone who quits smoking and and all their friends are smokers, you're like, you're ridiculed or you don't drink, you choose to be sober when everyone else doesn't. Those are comments coming from deep rooted insecurity because you are living the life that they are jealous of living. That's the truth. You're doing something that somebody really probably wants to do deep down, lose weight, be healthy, but they're not doing it and you are. So just fuck them. Fuck them. Do you and do what is best for you and healthiest for you. Um, you know, we are never going to have to seek these marketed foods out. Unfortunately, we're never going to be the person who's going to be able to change the food environment that we're in. Um, unless you go off grid and make your own food, you know, they, they will hunt you down. (laughs) Trust me, they will find you. They will find the consumer and sell and sell and sell. Um, so the only solution we have here is to try your best to remove yourself from the environmental factors. Um, don't buy it. Don't bring it into the house. Don't go seek it out. Don't plan to go out to eat. Um, take a different route. If you know that every day you drive by Starbucks, you're tempted. Don't drive by Starbucks. (laughs) Like make your coffee at home. Um, remove yourself from the environment. Um, That is the only way and control the environment that you have at home. Um, Trust me, it's hard, 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 hard at first, but it becomes easier because your body just like is dumb. Your brain is dumb. It's like, oh, okay, this is a new environment. We'll survive here. I've got food here. Sounds good. It will adjust. It will get cozy. Trust me, like people don't like, like crazy people don't just like love doing marathons all the time. Like they took years to get themselves cozy and comfy with running a hundred miles, doing an ultra, 
Like you have to build up to those things. You don't just one day say, I'm going to do a triathlon tomorrow. No, that your brain would be like, no, that's uncomfortable. Fuck that. You build up to it and you get more and say, oh, okay, I'm comfortable with swimming. Now I'm comfortable with biking. Now I'm comfortable swimming and biking. Ooh, now I'm comfortable with running. Now I'm comfortable with, and it builds, it snowballs on itself. First off, you say, we're not going to eat out at all. Or maybe you say, we're only going to eat out once a week. And then you get comfortable with that. Then you say, you know what? I saved a fuck ton of money that felt really good. I love the way my body is looking. We're only going to eat out never unless we have to go somewhere or get invited somewhere, or have a party or something. And it just starts to snowball on each other because it, it literally rewards itself. So then finally we have situational. Oh man, this one's hard because it is oftentimes completely outside of our control. Um, this might be a depression, a death, chronic illness, um, having six kids, um, situational issues are largely part of the overconsumption of high calorie food. Um, for a lot of people, food is really, really comforting. Um, you know, while you can't change your situations, realizing that your situation is contributing to the downfall of your health, um, is really important. And knowing that the improvement of your health, um, regardless of your situation can make you feel better, um, and can help in, in making the situation not as bad or as detrimental to you and your health. Um, I always preach this uh, to everyone as much like as you think you can escape it, you cannot, whether or not you want to pay for it now or pay for it later, you are going to have to pay <laughs> um, with your health. So you are going to have to make those health deposits, whether you like it or not, whether it's done now or done later, um, whether it's on your terms or your health's terms, um, you are going to have to work out and eat well, um, whether it's now or later when you're forced to. And that is just the truth. Life is going to happen. Um, you know, none of us are promised perfection or goodness. Um, we, bad things happen. Bad things happen all the time. Bad things happen to really good people, people who don't deserve it at all. I mean, good things happen to people who, who don't deserve it either. Taking care of yourself, I promise you, will always make the situation better. It really, really will. You know, if you're really depressed or anxious or struggling, taking a shower is part of health. Going on a walk outside is part of health. Eating fruits, eating vegetables, eating lean protein sources, fiber, all of those things will enhance your horrible situation and will ultimately enhance your health. Um, and so please, please, please take it seriously. Validate your current situation, you know, that that is also part of taking your health seriously, validating, all right, this is stressful. This is hard. And then set reasonable goals for yourself on what you can do. Maybe the only reasonable goal that you can set for yourself today is taking a shower or listening to this podcast or taking a walk or having a snack at home. Um, it's okay 
to have those goals. Those goals for some people are really big goals. That's okay. That is valid. That is welcome here. I think that we are a little bit too obsessed with wanting this fancy life on the outside, this perfect life. Um, We want to lose weight. We want to look a certain way and be a certain way and have a certain life. Um, But have you ever stopped to say why? Um, I think people are way too obsessed with how they look and they're not asking themselves, how can I be the healthiest I can be? How can I lower my blood pressure? How can I be less anxious in this moment? You know, with all the resources I have. So maybe I don't have money, but I have time. Maybe I have, t- um, maybe I have money, but I don't have time. There, everyone has different levels of resources. Maybe I don't have mental health struggles, but I have a very bad situational circumstance. How can you improve your health reasonably as a whole? going on walks, eating fruit, eating vegetables, changing your food environment, paying attention to your personal behavior patterns. You know, the reality is you may not be ready or able to lose weight in the current situation that you are in, but putting yourself in that guilt and that stress is just making your situation worse. So doing a little bit better every single day will compound into something. I promise taking that shower, going on that walk, sitting outside, even if you can't bring yourself to go on the walk, that is enough. Listening to this podcast, reading a book, those are good places to start, great places to start. If you are constantly obsessed with trying to lose weight and not making space and room for all of these things, behavioral, environmental, and situational, you are never going to find success. You're always going to end up with a a restrictive mindset. You're always going to feel like a failure. You're always going to feel fucked and you're never going to have grace for yourself. And you're always going to look in the mirror and say, fuck you, you haven't done enough. And that is not a way to live. That is not a way to be happy or to find success or fulfillment with your goals. And that is definitely not a way to be healthy. So check yourself. Most people have not taken the time to really be honest with themselves. Okay. Be honest. Are you obsessed with trying to lose weight? Are you restrictive? Are you binging? Take inventory, take a real ass inventory of your behavior. What are you doing? Take a beat. Is your life fucking crazy? How can you reduce your stress? Track your food, take measurements of your body. How much sleep are you getting? How much sun are you getting? How much TV do you fucking watch? How many times do you eat out without even realizing it? Look at pain points that you have, depression, anxiety, your parents, your family, alcohol, drug addiction, you know, uh, blended families, death, sickness, address those. Those are top priority. And then the rest comes after. Do you like address why do you want to have your cake and eat it too? Do you think that's even reasonable to have that expectation for yourself? 
you know, have you thought about the whole fucking world has an issue every day? Maybe you're an empath and you take on the whole capitalist and consumerism issues like I do. And every day you feel like, when is the, the whole world going to stop spinning? Give yourself some grace, empath. <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't worry about everyone else and think that you're somehow not going to have enough energy to worry or that you're going to have enough energy to worry about yourself because you're not. You cannot, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You cannot eat whatever you want and be the healthiest version of yourself. You have to practice discipline in your environmental situation. Yep. Do you see that whole string of words? You have to practice discipline, address your behavior in your environmental situation. Okay. And again, you might not be ready to lose fat yet and that's okay. You know, ask yourself, why are you so obsessed with being so small? Why do you want to be the absolute smallest version of yourself? Why do you, why, why do you hate that the scale doesn't go down, but you're getting thinner? That those are huge, big things. You know, I always ask people if you were the same scale weight today, but you had your dream body, would you care about the scale weight? And you'd be shocked at how many people say, but I want both. I want the scale weight and the body. And I say, no fucking way. We're throwing that in the garbage because that's toxic shit. And I literally will say, guess what? You just lost your scale. You don't get one. boop de dee boo sorry, we're not going to look at it then because that's toxic as shit. Horrible, horrible, horrible. You know, if you are at that place of having a very overly restricted mindset, you are never going to be able to adhere uh, to any type of calorie deficit or any type of behavioral modification when it comes to your food intake. You know, the only way to have a successful fat loss phase is to adhere to a calorie deficit. And if you cannot adhere because you constantly feel like you're restricting, then you're going to fail. So no, if you're coming from an already restrictive mindset, you might not be ready to go into a fat loss phase yet and to do a calorie deficit. You know, you aren't going to be in a calorie deficit forever for the rest of your fucking life. So taking a break and looking at this as a forever journey is a great place to start by just taking inventory of your current shit and addressing why am the why am I the way that I am right now? It's a pretty big ass place to start. That's a big cookie to chew. That's a lot of fucking chew. A lot of you need to take a break. You know, again, if you feel like you've been dieting forever, you might just need to take a break from that feeling. And that doesn't mean throwing the shit to the wind and binge eating for months on end. But you might put on a little bit of body fat. But if you ended up not feeling like you're overly restricting all the time and nourishing your body and getting your sleep right and getting right with yourself and your depression and anxiety and going to the gym five times a week and walking every single day, I don't think you'd really care about having a little bit of extra body fat as a place to start because you have the rest of your life to lose body fat. You know, trying to improve your life is the point and the purpose. Improving your mental health, doing performance goals like strength training goals, athleticism goals, steps, running, maybe you want to run a mile, 
Those are all really, really good, beautiful things to focus on. Educational goals, learning about food science, learning about protein. What foods do I like? How to, how to cook? What's in the food that I'm cooking? Journaling, reading. There are so many other things to focus on rather than just fat loss being the primary goal of your existence. You'd be shocked at how much by just allowing yourself to stop dieting would help you lose weight. It's actually crazy. Taking inventory and just saying, well, I'm going to eat these nutritious, delicious things, try and get sleep and go to the gym. You'd be shocked at how much just that grace and space would allow you to be the absolute healthiest version of yourself. And you'd actually start looking at yourself for the reality and truth that you are for the first fucking time. So at the end of the day, I know this episode is super long, but it's something I'm very passionate about, obviously. Um, I want you to do the very best that you can with each day that you have and give yourself some grace. Um, life is really, really hard and it takes a lifetime to be healthy. But at the same time, hold yourself accountable. Sometimes you need a kick in the ass. But part of taking a break from a restrictive mindset is a kick in the ass. It's really scary to take a break from something that you subscribe so much importance and worth to your body, the scale weight, but you need to take a break to actually succeed and find adherence to a calorie deficit if that applies to you. Now, there are some people out there, like I said, who are just lazy Um, you know, we've got a mix of everyone on the planet and that's why we talk about the nuances here on the podcast, because there's something for everyone. And the reality is there are solutions for everyone, but you're not going to find those solutions. If you're not honest with yourself, you're not taking accountability and you're not taking inventory of your environment, your life, your behavior, who you are, what you believe. So if you feel like you're failing your calorie deficit, and you've been dieting for years, it just might be time to really sit down, get real with yourself and take hella fucking inventory. This is why weight loss is really hard. And it's not just about calories in versus calories out and moving more. Yes. If you eat less and move more, you will lose fat, but it doesn't mean that you'll be happy while you're doing it. There are lots of other factors to finding success in fat loss for the long term. Those factors have to be addressed so that you can get out of the restricted mindset forever and ever and finally be free to live a fulfilling, happy, and healthy, full life. And that's it. That's the episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Talk to you next week. Have a great day. Bye-bye.